0: Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael, and I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome back to the Babylon Pastor podcast. This month, in case you've missed the first two episodes and are new here, we are covering questions that were submitted over there on Instagram, uh, and these are a wide variety of questions. Obviously, uh, if you've heard the last two episodes and um, we're going to start off as we have with a, I don't know if it's a quick question, but a quicker question that we can answer. And then we will go into a, a bigger question, uh, maybe more in depth, or maybe it's a question that we got a whole bunch of the same topics. So they're kind of combined together on. So, uh, the first one that we're going to do is kind of a quick question. I think it's something that, um, depending on what. Uh, denomination or theological background you come from, you uh, will probably like you're coming at it maybe a little different. But the question is, can the enemy hijack God's plan if we're not careful enough? Um, now, automatically, I don't know <laughs> who this question came from, but uh, it does. I mean, I hope I'm not reading too much into this, but I it seems to come from somebody uh, that believes that um, for whatever reason. Um, Satan can like disrupt God's plan. Uh obviously I have a few different thoughts on that, but I think uh I've done enough talking for the first intro of this podcast. Rob, uh if you want to kind of lead us into that and then we'll kind of discuss it.
1: No. Next question.
0: All right, we're done. Next.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this I know we call this the short the short question, but like this to me that's going to be all of April, frankly. Like, there's going to be a lot of this that's stuff. Point, in our, yeah. In our celebrity death match, John Calvin versus James Arminius.
0: Uh, I love at, how at you're Texas. wringing your hands. You're just like you can tell I, your body language man, is like I'm somebody. stoked for this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um, so uh, this this is something that is going to be um, addressed next month. So that's why we can kind of keep it short now. Yeah. Um, so if this doesn't answer your question, just attention in april we'll be talking about it so um but the short answer is no right it's it's straight up not possible god is throughout from cover to cover god is sovereign over um things and so satan uh he's he's not uh he doesn't have enough gym time in right to to <laughs> to enter that boxing you even lift bro <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's it's not a thing and um I'm just going to go through a, a few texts in scripture to kind of prove my point a little bit. Um in Isaiah, this is a short one so I'll start with it. In Isaiah uh Isaiah says the Lord of hosts has planned and who can frustrate it? Um as for his stretched out hand, who can turn it back? So he's kind of making that point for us um mm-hmm. that God th- there isn't uh, uh anyone who can um frustrate the plans of God or turn it over or um mess up god's plan god is not able to be surprised by something right otherwise he wouldn't be god um in job uh 1 6 through 12 we talked about this scripture in a Mm -hmm. previous episode this month but um job chapter 1 verses 6 through 12 it describes that epic kind of uh moment when satan is in heaven and god tells satan have you considered my servant job um there are none like him and all of that stuff, right? But that whole story assumes, right, like the, the context of that happening is that Satan has to go to God in that moment and get permission, mm-hmm. if you will. Like Satan in that moment uh, asks God and, and God gives him permission, allows him to go um, do the Job thing, right? Um, and <clears throat> job's answer in uh chapter 42 of the same book um we talked about that as well like god has been telling job i'm god uh, i'm god i'm god i'm god and you're not right and job 42 verse 2 uh job says back to god i know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted job um when that is stated job doesn't say no purpose of yours can be thwarted by me it's open-ended it's anyone there there isn't a being that can thwart what you have planned or your purposes um and then all the way into revelation right i think these are actually the most convincing ones for me because both of the scriptures i'm going to mention right now uh it's actually not even god that um like Yahweh isn't the the being that defeats Satan in these instances. It's just angels (laughs) like Michael, uh, the archangel, not the podcaster. (laughs) Um, uh, In in Revelation 12, 7 through 9, uh, uh, he says, uh, and there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels uh, waging war with the dragon. That's Satan. Uh, The dragon and his angels uh, waged war and they were not strong enough and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven and the great dragon was thrown down the serpent of old who is called the devil and satan so there's no question as to who this dragon is this is satan that's being talked about um he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him and he was warring with michael and the angels so of course um god is sovereign over satan and and what he's able to do in his sort of leeway that he has so um can uh, To ask, I think, to ask the question, can, um, an, an, can the enemy hijack God's plan if we're not careful enough? Um, one, you have no um, bearing, no matter how careful you are, on God's plan. And so that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the enemy, I'm assuming you mean Satan by that. Um, the enemy, no uh the, an angel defeats him in Revelation. So when this whole thing happens in the end, in Revelation chapter 20, one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible, because I cannot wait, right, for this sucker to get out of my life for good, right? <laughs> um, the, an angel came down from heaven holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss. So these are angels, right? An angel is the one who came down with the chain and did this to Satan and threw him into the abyss. Satan is no more powerful than any other angel period.
0: Mm -hmm. No. And I like, and like you said, I think in the question, it kind of, it speaks like, can, can the enemy hijack? Can he, can he step in? Did God screw up somewhere? And then Satan has a way in to take it, and he's going to make it his own. Yeah. Now, obviously, we've seen through Scripture that's not possible. Now, can Satan uh, accuse you? And uh, are there lots of things that, as we've talked about in previous episodes, that you'll struggle with? Uh, yes, and that's about the extent of his power. Like, yes, there are things that uh, you will be tempted with and things you will struggle with. But I think you have to make a distinction here. that's not screwing with God's plan. That's not like uh he's God had a B and C lined out, and then you know Satan came in and he took b and now you know it's not going to work the way it was supposed to work like like you said, Rob, like it's not like God's surprise. It's like, oh no, Satan came in and he threw you a curveball like I think it comes back again to job is just an amazing book that I think is neglected often for a number of different like it's just it's one of those things where. So Job, when he was going through all those things, I mean, if he had the perception that maybe like this question is coming from it would be like, Oh no, Satan's, he's taking God's plan and all the good things God gave me and he's crushing me. But I think it comes back to the fact that like you said, he had to ask God for that. Hey God, can I, you know, I mean, he almost had to like, he didn't even really ask. He's just like, well, he'll, he'll, he'll not follow you. And God's like, okay, well, yeah, he will. And so Everything that happened in his life, I think. In, so if you take this question and you put it in the lens of the book of Job, what you see is it's not a matter of can Satan hijack. He can't do that. He he is only, he, His leash is only as long as God lets it be. And then after that, he can't go any further. He can't do anything that he's not allowed to do, um, which uh, really should give us comfort in the fact that, like, even in the troubling times that we have, so those are bad times. Like you said, I mean, when we talked about Job, like, <laughs> like no one can be like, I've suffered worse. So even in those moments, right, where you're like, Satan's trying to get to me. Well, Satan's only got to you as much as he's allowed to get to you. That's as far as he's got. And so you can take comfort in the fact of it's not Satan hijacking the plan. It's God. God still in control, still over what's happening. And, and hear me in this, even in the word, I'm not trying to downplay that situation, whatever that horrible situation you're going through, maybe, or perhaps will go through. Like, I'm not downplaying that. It's bad. But God's still over it, which should give us a lot of clarity. It's not God's like, oh, he's left me. He's abandoned me. No, it's just that this is where you are in that plan. That This is where you are right now in that moment it's not that he's left it's not that he's abandoned it's not that he doesn't know it's that in those moments especially in the case of job like it's a matter of you know things are happening that you're not aware of maybe we'll never be aware of yeah. but it's not that satan was like i got god's plan i'm going to screw everything up it's that uh satan's doing only what satan is allowed to do and eventually like you said that great verse where it's like <laughs> god's just like hey go go finna chain that fool up and throw him in. Like, it's just like, it's just like, that's the picture that I get. It's just kind of like, all right, we're done. And it's like, it's not even like, it, obviously it's an epic battle, but it's one of those things where it's like, when it's over, we're we're done. So um, I think that when we have that perspective on it and understand that like, so hijack's kind of a buzzword in some denominations you might be in. Like, don't... How do the kids say? Don't get it twisted. Uh, <laughs> don't get it twisted. It's not that uh, Satan can take God's plan over. So I think the scripture said it better. But I, you know, I gotta throw my two cents in. So
1: yeah, you know, uh, do you remember the um, movies uh, Omega Code and oh, Omega Ghetto? Oh, oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I'm sorry. I yeah, threw my mouth a bit there.
1: Terrible, terrible movies. There's this one part, man, that I remember. Um, and I can't believe so, I remember that movie. <laughs> I don't. I don't want anyone to think that I've watched this in probably the past twenty years. Okay, but um, there's there's this one um, part at the end of one of those movies. I forget which one it is, but where like it's it's the very end and the war and all that stuff is happening and Satan. Um, is there they've got this i'm sure if i watched it right now this terrible uh, rendition yeah just just her probably looks like flintstones sort of uh, rendition of satan but at the very end there's this picture of satan sort of forcibly doesn't want to do it slowly going down and bowing on his knees um saying to god you are lord right And that, that I think is a picture that sums up that whole question in my mind. Like that's, that's the whole relationship um, between God and Satan. And so hijack, no, this is a truck that God is in control of and no hijackers getting it.
0: So there you go. All right. Now, uh, unlike previous episodes, this episode, uh, these two questions do not have a good medium like segue between the two so no. uh not at all there's no way i don't have the uh the lingual ability to connect these in any way um maybe i need to get somebody that does those spiritual gymnastics That's like really trained maybe they could do it there we go yeah <laughs> so, we should eisegesis this so if here we go here we go he's gonna do it if
1: um satan cannot hijack uh god's plan um, then, then why does the church not teach anything about sex?
0: I don't, that, was, that was a good that was. That was a I don't know, man. Effort. I'm <laughs> terrible at this. <laughs> hey, that's nothing to be ashamed of. If you're terrible at the of Jesus, that's a good thing. <laughs> All right. So, yes, that is the question. The, question, uh, the main one we're going to address, there's, uh, there's some, some sub-questions in there as well. But the main question is, where is the taboo of teaching younger people about sex rooted in the church? Um, and there's, I think there's a lot to that. Um, you might be able to refresh my memory a little bit. I don't recall maybe once in youth group where we talked about it. I could have been asleep. There's lots of things I don't remember about anything, but I don't recall talking about it a lot.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't remember anything either. Now, you know, I, I should preface that by saying if, (laughs) if you're, if you're, um, my youth pastor back in the day one of them and
0: you did this don't be offended because i I just don't remember it could (laughs) have happened but yeah i honestly i don't don't remember anything from youth group except teen camp and the black light incident i I feel like that would be a subject that i would have remembered though yeah he done said the
1: word sex you hear him (laughs) yeah like everybody pay attention quick
0: (laughs) so uh obviously it's probably talked about uh, I know. So in the defense of our previous youth pastors, I know I've talked about it when I was in youth ministry. Uh, I don't know if any of those kids remember that. Um, so, uh, I, I, again, it's no, no thing on anybody, but obviously there's something like every other subject that if we're going to really address it, it has to be addressed, I think, within just the living out of life. Right. So the, um, the the conversations that happen naturally. So for me, and we have a couple of points here, but for me, I'm a parent. You're a parent. If you're not a parent out there, uh, when that happens for you, if that happens for you, good luck. That's a difficult thing that no one warned you about. Uh, you're just like cute baby, and then all of a sudden, you're like, hey, tell that baby about sex. You're like, I right, what? You want me to do what? So uh, for me, I think it happens. It comes up a lot in just in everyday conversations. So there's obviously enough. Uh, In our culture, there's obviously enough on our televisions uh, that they address it fine. Culture has no problem about talking about sex whatsoever. None. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just want to give my quick example before you get into some of your points that I know you got. But um, the other day, we were watching a cartoon on Cartoon Network. So this is cartoons. Now, I'm not saying this is wholesome because cartoons these days I have my own opinions about. Those are teaching exercises in themselves. That was a good video, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but we were watching a cartoon. There was a, a, a commercial that came on. I forget what drug it was for. But basically, the drug was uh, to help prevent the transmission of HIV. Now, mind you, this is a commercial during a cartoon on Cartoon Network. And um, they were going through, they were saying there's things about, you know, the advantages, and they were having these people tell. And we got to the end of the cartoon. And I looked at my daughter, I said, do you know what they were teaching you right there? And she goes, what do you mean what they were teaching me? I said, well, that that commercial right there was telling you, what do do you think they were teaching you? Well, she goes, it was about HIV. it was kind of about HIV. What it was really about was the fact that they were presenting all of these couples that were openly saying, I've had a number of different partners. I've had male partners. I've had female partners. I've had all kinds of partners. And this drug helps me not get certain diseases that that come from having multiple partners. I said, they're, they're teaching you it's okay to have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want. And again, I didn't plan on having a stinking sex conversation with my daughter in the commercial break of a cartoon, but uh, it's one of those things. I think as parents that we have to realize like, okay, whatever teachable moment presents itself, I'm going to use that because culture is not afraid to talk about anything and they're yeah. definitely going to teach my kid if I don't teach my kid. So if the church, for whatever reason, has a taboo on it, shame on us for not addressing that. More importantly, as parents, shame on us for not talking about it first. I mean, the church is not supposed to teach my kid about sex. Uh, I mean, it can come up. It's going to come up in sermons, obviously. But primarily that's on me. But like, for me, it's like, you know, we as parents should be, I know that's not the question, but I'm opening with this, that we as parents should be using those teachable moments to teach them, so. All right. Class is in session Um, now. No,
1: no, I I completely agree, and that was really my first point, is that um, the taboo of teaching younger people about sex, where is that rooted Mm -hmm. within the church? so i mean i don't know enough about the history of this topic or anything to to get to the root of you know in history historically where that began or anything like that um but i i will say that it's not the church's job primarily Um, like, like you said, it, it's something that will likely come up if we're a people of the word, because it comes up in scripture, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a subject, it's a thing, right? Um, but if I don't teach my boys, I have two boys, if I don't, if I'm not the one that teaches them about it, culture will, like you're kind of saying, mm-hmm. right? So it, it is my job. There is way too much in the church of parents expecting their local church to do all the discipling of their children. And that's terrible, irresponsible, and you'll answer for it. So um You can end the episode you, right now on that. Yeah. If this is in a I can't drop it. It's <laughs> no. Um but but it's it's true, right? Like yeah. God gave you those kids. You are the discipler. You are the one that's going to be held responsible for mm-hmm. um, train up a child in the way they should go. Right. He's not talking to Israel. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the parents, the people who are responsible for training up that child in the way he should go. So that's first, right? It's important to, to realize that. Um, the church is terrible at this and the church meaning parents who make up the church yeah right the the whole church it it, it it we are terrible at this in america okay um i can't speak for any other nation but it it's it's really bad i think part of the reason um I, I i'm gonna say the biggest reason that i can see from my perspective okay so there's my disclaimer from my perspective the biggest reason i can see is because there aren't frankly many adults who are mature and understand sex um, within the church. And because we in the United States of America are so saturated with sex, and I mean, that is an endless amount of podcasts. (laughs) Um, That that subject. We're starting a new um, one
0: called American Sex (laughs) Man.
1: from the whole idea that sex sells because it does right? Mm -hmm. every commercial you get to, they might not be saying have sex, but you might be sitting on the couch and at the end of the commercial as a single dude, you could look up and go, man, if I only ate that cereal, I could have
0: her. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's what everything is. And to speak to that, my wife, for example, she has a a business degree with a specific in marketing Mm -hmm. and when they were studying that. And mind you this is a Christian college. They that was the point they were making is that there is an entire department in almost every marketing firm uh that specifically deals with that. How can we make this so appealing that we can use we can use sex, we can use the bodies, we can use whatever it is that that's going to appeal to somebody to make them. So I mean just ask the yeah, point yeah. this is not an accident. It's not an accident. So No, and
1: we um So there's a generation of adults in America's history, multiple generations probably, right? Um, That like sex used to be something that you didn't talk about. It was a private thing between man and wife. um, And it it wasn't a subject. You didn't talk about it with the kids, you know? Um, There were things that were just kind of assumed you know, and when culture around us, the world, right, the unbeliever, when when the culture around us began to teach what sex is supposed to be, which essentially is God, <laughs> um, that, that the culture says sex is God. Yeah. Um, and so when that started happening and parents were still, it was still taboo enough within the home. That you didn't correct or talk about it or change the thinking, um, then well, you have a generation, two generations at this point probably, who uh, have no idea, right? We've been so f- uh, our our definition of, and and understanding of sex and its purposes and um, all the all things sexual um, <clears throat> has been so flavored by the the worldly you know like the culture of the unbeliever that we we don't even know we don't even know what the heck it is well and i think
0: like to your point like that point there is is a good point to point out because i can remember for example um so let's let's use the example i just used with my daughter watching that commercial and then the dichotomy of when i grew up and we went either there was at a movie or it was something on television or something that we would either uh like we would like we'd fast forward through it or it'd be like this really awkward moment like we're sitting on the couch and there's a sex scene and nobody look at the tv now again i'm not saying you should sit there and watch that i'm not saying that's appropriate but what i'm saying is that there was uh this air of this is we're not even going to touch this subject we're not even going to bring it up i remember the first time i mean if dad will probably never listen to this, but dad, if you listen to this, I love you. This is not an embarrassing story to embarrass you. But I remember when he tried to tell me and my brother about sex, I was just like, like, this is cringe. Like, this is like, this is, like you could tell he was having a really hard time. And uh, I mean, I appreciate him, him doing, I mean, I appreciate him at least making that effort. Right. Cause I mean, some people didn't, they just found it on the internet and they're like, this is how you do it. And I'm going to do it that way, I guess, which is totally i love your face like if you're if you're just listening to this you miss rob like bug and bug-eyed but like that's not the point is that's not the way to go like that's very dangerous if you're taking advice from the internet um but the idea is that like um it just wasn't something we talked about it was very much uh um you know yeah one day you're gonna get married and one day you're gonna have sex and um yes don't do it before then though that's all I have for you and I'm not saying like yeah I'm saying, I love that you, was Dad. the whole message growing up yeah bro. I mean that wasn't just from the parents that was just from everybody and and I I'm not saying I'm doing a, it a better way I'm just saying because of how saturated everything is now I don't have a choice like I'm almost like I'm I'm forced into talking about it, which I'm perfectly happy to do because I'm supposed to anyway but I don't even have to come up with an a moment where i'm like let's sit down and have the birds and the bees talk i'm yeah. like there's a commercial i guess we're having another talk about it now um to you know to to just presently live that out because used to it was like a birds and the bee the world was closed off the internet wasn't a huge thing there wasn't it wasn't okay to have all that on television but now that it is um really it's a gift almost to us as parents uh, in god's great providence that now he's like hey it's in front of their faces what you're going to do now? Like, like you can't avoid the subject. So.
1: Yeah. And so I I think, um, sexual immorality within the church. Oh, that's a good point is one of the results of what we've just been talking about Mm -hmm. of kind of this generation of parents who themselves don't understand the purpose and the meaning and the the sort of sacred, um, the church in and of itself, right? I don't have the statistics in front of me. I should have looked some of that stuff up, but the amount of um, Christian um, men, I I can't speak for women. I know that that's a big problem now too, Mm -hmm. but the amount of Christian men who struggle with some sort of pornography, whatever kind of thing, is astounding. Mm -hmm. Um, now this isn't brand new, right? And I think it's a mistake to think that it is or to assume that it is because read the old Testament, right? They didn't have the internet, but they had concubines Mm -hmm. that prostitutes all over the place. And it wasn't, it was maybe looked down on, but no one's going to go, you know, you're excommunicated because you slept with a prostitute. It was just, it was, you know, it. Sexual immorality has been a thing since people have been a thing. Yeah. (laughs) So, so it's not a new problem, right? Pretty much
0: anytime after Genesis three, there you go. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, so there's a, there's a guilt thing there. Like if you've had sex before marriage, there, there might be this idea, like, who am I to talk to my kids about morality and doing the right thing if I didn't do it right um there's also this factor like man it's it's everywhere and so many people who would say yes i'm a christian um watch spartacus or game of thrones or some of these other. oh you
0: probably just stepped on some toes with that one i mean i i I co-signed that but i'm just telling you
1: (laughs) they're they are toes that need to be stepped on there you go um this is that that's a big problem Mm -hmm. you know So it's, it's, um, one thing, uh, this is, this is a personal conviction, this next thing I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to hold anyone to this necessarily, but, um, my view on movies, entertainment, whatever, right. There's a certain amount of it. Like when Bruce Willis shoots someone in the face, that is all fake. I mean, it just is right. It's not, you, a person doesn't need an overabundance of that in their life, right. But I don't feel the conviction that oh, I I shouldn't watch this.
0: No one was really murdered.
1: Right. During a sex scene, specifically one of these like Game of Thrones level realistic sex scenes, there is a real woman and a real man with their real clothes off touching to film this scene. Right. Like this is you're watching people sin and entertained by that sin. so you have no
0: logical biblical argument against that. Now you just don't. Now on that, just to kind of support your point a little bit. So extra just out of Christianity um, example here. They're on NPR the other day. They actually have now on set um, what they call like uh, intimacy coaches for shows like that Um, because of how, because of it actually being physical, like not fake. And actually being physical um they have to have a lot of studios apparently according to this interview that would the this lady was giving on npr she's an intimacy coach for one of these studios um they are they they because of the level of intimacy that's actually happening on set she coaches these actors through certain uh words and motions and touch i mean all of that to make sure everyone's quote-unquote safe and okay with it um but just to build on your point like those people wouldn't be necessary if something wasn't actually like even the world that is far from jesus says we need some boundaries on this like you need to understand that like and that's not even we're not talking about a porn set we're not talking about like hardcore film we're talking about like just scenes that are filmed for movies and television for popular consumption um have these intimacy coaches for the sole purpose of because of how intimate they they know it is they have no concept of god's righteousness but because of they know what it is and like you said i think some people within the church are like that's no big deal like it's it's not big deal." yeah and so uh, like
1: all of that stuff to say that the adults in the the church are many of them are so screwed up in their theology of sex that how are they going to explain it for real anyway mm-hmm. right if i'm addicted to pornography and I um watched porn last night, and now my son has a question about sex, what the heck am I going to tell him you know You know what I mean mm-hmm. like because my view and some of my struggles have have tainted you know uh, that conversation already um so that i think is a big cause frankly of Mm -hmm. the the church and a a big problem um with the with wanting to talk about it yeah the the whole thing with wanting to talk about it that's one of the reasons that we don't want to talk about it yeah is because we don't know what to say anyway yeah
0: now i think on the flip side of that to use that to continue your example there. I think one of the ways that that can be used for good, um, again, with Jesus's redemption in it, is on the other side of it to say, so when we do have these talks with our kids, I've obviously already had uh, multiple talks with my daughter about Mm -hmm. it. uh, But when I do have to have those talks with my son when he gets old enough, uh, we're able to say, hey, this is what I used to do. Now, again, it's depending on you know what's appropriate how much to get into detail on that all of that stuff is really more of a call on your part and you know maturity and all that but yep. to say you know this is what I, I used to do these sorts of things and uh, i can tell you that it like really messed up how i perceived things for a long time uh but jesus because of his great grace to me um now i can see you know you know, that that was wrong, that these uh, by scripture that he's openly provided to us the proper way to do these things. And maybe this is a segue into that for us, but um, to say, okay, well, this is what the world does. And I'm just telling you, I'm as fallen as the world, but because of Jesus, uh, now I know, now I see not only my fallenness and all of this and how I was so wrong. And I can, so for example, I mean, I don't, I don't know how life's going to turn out, but if my son does end up having to struggle with that for better or worse. I can tell them, I said, Hey, I know exactly where you're coming from. I know exactly, you know, what you're dealing with. Uh, but let me tell you about a better way. Let me tell you about this, Jesus. Um, so I think on the flip side of that, um, I don't like, I totally in agreement with you. I don't think we as Christians should be like, let's just consume all of the trash because we can, all things are permissible. Uh, but (laughs) but but i think uh with us not even us not right so the things that we don't do even speak volumes as well so we don't watch that why well because of this um so it's a matter of i mean even what we don't do preaching the gospel about sex and what is right and what is wrong and what um what does build intimacy versus what does destroy intimacy So, um, I think the church is bad at talking about sex primarily for the reason you talked about, because if we did talk about sex, we would then have to call into account our lives and the things that we do accept and the things that we do listen to and the things that we do watch. And because we're not on lots of levels ready to make that commitment, we don't want to cut that music out. We don't want to cut those shows out. We don't want to cut those certain things out that we go above and beyond to so for example i don't know how this will hit anybody but we actually have companies that are like they cut certain scenes out of shows so you can still support those shows <laughs> so, yeah um what's that what's it called um, oh vid angel no what yeah, is, yeah. is it yeah yeah i think i think
1: that is what it's called
0: I, uh, i'm not sure i think it's vid something but i'm not sure what it is but um, the I, I i i'm almost positive that's what it is because it's come across my facebook yeah comments. but it purposely cuts stuff out now again I appreciate that in the sense that you're like, you, you, you understand that that shouldn't be there. Uh, but at the same point you're still supporting that show. And I, I'll, I, again, this could be a whole podcast talking about like, you know, storyline versus realism and all that sort of stuff, which we won't get into. But I think the main point of it is that the reason we don't talk about it is because we'd have to give that stuff up or at least call ourselves into account for it. Sure. Um, and as we've talked about before, we'd actually have to be vulnerable. We'd have to say, "Hey, this was my life before," and you're so embarrassed by it, even though you've been set free from it, that you won't speak about it because it's still taboo in your life, even though you've literally been set free from it. So no. you can't you can't be. I mean, you don't want to talk about sex because you used to screw around yourself, but realizing now that I used to be a lustful individual that you know viewed pornography. But because Jesus has set me free, like, I can now tell you, yeah, that was jacked up. Like, so it's just a matter of being able to to say, yeah, this screws you up and being able to talk about that. Again, how much information you give, the maturity level of that conversation, that is going to vary across the board. But I think if you're not open with your testimony, um, yeah, that's going to hinder you quite a bit. So.
1: Yeah, and it creates it creates um again just generation after generation after generation that um is uneducated mm-hmm. about sex and um is is informed by the world around them rather than scripture and sort of the, the gospel yeah. in and of itself. And um we even had a question yeah that's translate yeah, that yeah one of the questions that we received for this month uh says uh this does the Bible directly say and advise one to save uh for marriage or is saving just moral um and uh, it seems obvious to me that they would be talking about sex saving yourself yeah. um sexually for marriage um and so okay, I just got a call oh sorry um but so, so and the the answer to that it is something that we should have on lock, you know like the, the that question within the church shouldn't even exist it shouldn't yeah but because we're terrible at this historically it does like people mm-hmm. have these real questions and that is a real question that we got from somebody and so um
0: I think that question too comes from a little bit of you being told the, the outcome, but not the why, if that makes yeah. sense. you yeah. being told don't do it, but you're not told why not to do it. You're just don't do it. Um, and so I think this goes back and we had this discussion a little bit off air just beforehand, but I think this goes back to um, the assumption of the Bible. Like the assumption is that, that's the correct way. So when it does address it, like you said, it addresses sexual morality. So um, so that I don't go on another like 15-minute rampage uh, talk, uh, do you want to start like what we talked about where you were talking about in Genesis on and kind of walk through that a little bit?
1: Well, so one of the struggles with, so I think I think we're, um, the question in the way that it's worded, the, the, does the Bible directly say and advise one to say for marriage? that that question um already uh has in it it built into the question is a and like I'm not sure what the purpose of sex is other than my pleasure so why wait to please myself right
0: good point yeah
1: um and so there's there's a sense that we we don't have a definition, a purpose, a theology, if you will, a gospel-informed view of of sex, of what what that is. And so here it is, right? Like, honestly, so the question, where in the Bible does Jesus actually say that sex outside of marriage is wrong? So first, there's a distinction, right? Because sex uh, before marriage and sex outside of marriage are Two different things. Sex um, before marriage is sex outside of marriage, but there's a lot more to sex outside of marriage than before. So, um, sex before marriage, Jesus doesn't necessarily explicitly talk about that, right? Um, Sex outside of marriage is talked about all over the place, right? That's the very definition of adultery. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the question right here in front of us is talking about before marriage, right? And so, uh, the, and, and it's a serious question because people aren't informed about it. So, the, we have to understand one of the reasons that it's not talked about a lot in scripture, this particular before marriage question, is because it wasn't really a question in the first century when jesus was here uh physically and so it it wasn't they're they're young teenagers that's when you were married first of all and it it was essentially um marriage sex it it was kind of the same thing if you had sex you were to look at yourself as married right um and so the whole like sex before marriage thing wasn't as much of an issue uh, in that time.
0: Yeah. Totally different culture. Yeah.
1: Right. And (laughs)
0: so, so there's
1: a reason that's, that's kind of the reason that, that it's not explicitly talked about, but I think we can say, right. Um, that because sex outside of marriage is talked about, that is some, so why is sex before marriage even a thing, right? It's a thing because our culture says, I can have sex with whomever I want and then change it to someone else and then change it to someone else and then change it to someone else. Right. Um, And how, how often in our culture does someone say, well, um, I'm dating this person and we're going to be together forever. And so it's okay. And then they break up three months later. Right. Uh, Things don't work out, whatever that looks like. Um, It's, it's apples and oranges a little bit with <laughs> scripture and today in America with our sex crazed culture. Yeah. Um, so sex outside of marriage is talked a lot about in scripture. So let's get to the, to the, what is the purpose of sex? Right. Yeah. Now there are several things that you could list from scripture, right? Like pleasure is one. Mm-hmm. right it's it's one of the things that comes with, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah there's talked about quite a bit, Solomon Solomon, right,
1: what? yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah and and one of the one of the lies that I think um the church has told teenagers specifically for a long time, who grow up then to be adults who don't know how to talk to their kids about sex, um is that look, it's gonna be much more enjoyable uh to wait until you're married to have sex, sex is better married sex is better right mm-hmm. which is garbage i mean honestly it's not it's not that it's not as good right mm-hmm. but sex is sex it it it's pleasurable it feels great in the moment right it doesn't matter when mm-hmm. um it, so to say that it's like you set you set people up for this glorious thing that is going to be you know and it's like well you know i screwed up before and this is not any better or different right um now there are things about it that are better for sure yeah. you know the intimacy and the the relationship that that you have um
0: yeah well yeah there's a good distinction there you're making a distinction it's it's the the actual the feeling versus the actual connection i guess would be the way i would word it um, yeah is the life that's being like so some kid in youth group goes out and has sex you're like i don't know that was pretty good man i don't know if the, should i wait Cause that that wasn't bad, but but yeah. Yeah. So automatically they're like, well, you lied. It's no better or worse than what you told me it was going to be.
1: Yeah. And I, so what, what is marriage in the first place? Marriage is a picture of what Christ and the church, right? The relationship of Jesus Christ and his church. That's what marriage is supposed to represent in the first place. And so if we think about it that way, in terms of Jesus and his church, Um, then consummation of marriage waiting until you like, we're still in that. Yeah. Right. Like the church has been betrothed to Christ. How, how better of a way to, to express the gospel and witness for Christ. Um, Especially among, again, this culture, who's crazy about it. Sex is straight up God Mm -hmm. here right um and so how what what better of a way to express um the cross and the gospel than to say um i'm waiting because right not because the bible tells me so (laughs) right like of course that's true that's the episode in that voice yeah yeah we should do a whole episode like that um but that yeah of, of course the bible has a lot to say about sex and um but just think about the gospel in and of itself mm-hmm. right <clears throat> i i am not having sex until i'm married <clears throat> because jesus is waiting so long to consummate his with his bride the church and it's just a picture of of him being faithful and him waiting and him you know like it has to tie back to the gospel like everything yeah. else in our theology.
0: Well, I think right. that word that like you're talking about, it's, it's him being faithful and it's that process. And that's why, throughout, for example, I mean, it's not just the New Testament, it's the Old Testament when when he uses examples over and over again of Israel running off, Israel not being faithful. He, they're his chosen people. He has things for them, but they continually abandon him for other things. Um, so I think it's, I mean, like you said, it's this picture through the whole Bible of this not being faithful. And I, I know people are, I mean, it's a weird thing for some people to be like, well, that's tied together. That's crazy." But I mean, that's, that's the picture. Again, I think that's the skewed view of sex and why we don't talk about it. Cause we don't have a full understanding that this isn't just for your pleasure and you're not just not doing it in order to make God happy and not burn in hell. It is like <laughs> your life is like this enormous picture of what um, of the gospel like you just said so when people when christians understand that again going back to the first episode you can't be a christian and be like well i'm a christian that happens to sleep around like because it's one of those things that it's not a picture of it's not a picture of what jesus is doing for you in your life the big grand scheme of everything um So uh, going back to the exact question is, you know, there's a place where it says, wait, or is it a moral thing? Um, Again, a specific verse, we're talking about sexual morality, but you're looking at the entire assumed picture of the Bible, that it is this faithfulness between God and his people, and you are to live faithful between you and whoever your spouse is or will be. um, And doing so, um looks a certain way so and again not that so we have i mean we have throughout the old testament uh, uh example a great example is um oh, why is that the book is avoiding jose, my brain. Yeah. yeah thank you jose yeah. <laughs> i don't know why that it was a brain fart on my part but like his whole life's like hey go marry a prostitute because that's you guys and <laughs> it's it's just a matter of <laughs> yeah. it's that picture where it's like you literally run off all the time, and I still come after you, and I'm yeah. faithful to you regardless of your your. I think he says harlotry or hoeriness, whor- or I don't know how. What, it's not a pretty word, and um, you know, I mean, he he deliberately uses that picture. I mean, understand that he could have used a lot of pictures. He deliberately uses a picture of a of of an unfaithful. Wife running away from her husband to intimately be with other men uh, as the picture of Israel and his covenant with them. Um, And if we get that, I mean, think about it. I don't know if I've ever heard of a sermon where someone's preached on Hosea and they use the example of we misunderstand sex and this is part of it Mm -hmm. um, and talk about that. Um, And I think that's why it's taboo. And I think that's why, I mean, going back to the question, is there a specific verse? Again, I think it's so assumed within Scripture that there is this covenant, that there is this faithfulness, that there is this um, this example, I guess, that's been set forth that says, this is how life is supposed to be lived, not because to you know be moral and good and achieve whatever, but because this is what's been set forth as the example from the beginning by your Creator. Now, Old Testament, people screw that up. There's a little bit of polygamy back there. Uh, yeah, we've screwed that up. Has there been some people that didn't obey God's plan and try to do it their own way through sex and screwed it up? Yeah, that happened too. Um, but I think that's just a, a, an outliving of what you already said. Like we don't understand it. So we try to take control of it and then we mess it all up. So, yeah, I think
1: so. I've, um, there, there are a couple of things within the question that, that I think are important. Um, Or maybe behind the question is a better way to to say that. So I've never heard anyone uh, ask this question with pleasing the partner in mind. Okay. So if I'm um, single and I'm, uh, let's say I'm even engaged, right? And my question is, do I have to wait until marriage to have sex? generally you're already thinking about your own pleasure over everything else over scripture, over pleasing your to be spouse over the whole thing, right? It's already all about you, right? Before anything even kicks off in this This, relationship.
0: This is why I want you. You're so much smarter. Thank you. I'm glad you caught
1: that. (laughs) But, but that, that's a big thing. And, and two, right. The second Mm -hmm. thing that I thought of, um, even as we're having this conversation is there's, there's also a sense in this culture in which we uh, see all of these visual images, we get bombarded with commercials. We, it's in every TV show on the planet, even the like funniest sitcoms are riddled Mm -hmm. with sexual things and people wearing things to make you feel tingly. Right. I mean, that's everywhere. Right. Um, And so in this culture, it is hard not to walk um, anywhere without thinking, um, this is going to satisfy me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: That's right? True. Like this is the thing. And in a relationship, if you're asking that, like nobody asks, um, can I stay up late and cook a meal for this person before marriage? right like nobody asks anything else i don't think we got one of those
0: questions no right
1: and and we won't (laughs) unless someone's just being a smarty pants uh after this uh but but we get this question right and and if you ask it if we did the same exact thing in a year this question would be one of the questions Mm -hmm. because um we just so radically believe that sexual pleasure is the thing. It is going to satisfy and fulfill me. I don't know how many men are in my boat, virtually probably everyone who has struggled with pornography and then gotten married. You think it's going to be over, right? Like this is this struggle is going to be gone because I'm going to have loads of sex. Life is going to be wonderful. Right. But is it gone? No. The desire for, that sin and that stuff is still there right and it's there because i believe i'm chasing after something that's going to satisfy me that's going to fulfill me Mm -hmm. and the only way to make this question not even be a question honestly in in your mind is to say uh, or to believe um rightly so that jesus the gospel salvation by grace, through faith, all of the, the whole thing, the gospel, Jesus himself is all satisfying, right? If that's not true for you, then you're going to run to sex or shopping or whatever it is for you. Right. And this, this drips with, um, I want to please me and I think this will do it. Right. And neither of those things are true.
0: I just want to to put stop now because that's enough. We don't need to say anything else End of podcast. All right. No, I don't have absolutely anything to add to that. That was, that was really good. I didn't even, honestly, I don't, I wasn't looking at it that way, but that's a really good call out from that question. It is all about like you, nothing about anything else. So that's excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm done. Uh, (laughs) Do you have anything to add here at the end of this at all? Nope. Case closed. Oh, that's a good I'm, deal, I'm good. man. That was a sermon for the week right there, bro. All right. <laughs> fantastic. So, uh, we will have one more episode this month, uh, with these questions that'll be next week. Uh, we'll wrap up with a couple of the other questions that we haven't touched yet. If we didn't get to yours, I'm sorry. There were a ton and we had to kind of pick the ones that had a lot of the similar questions in them. So thank you guys. Uh, leave a comment, like it, share it, do whatever you want to do with it. Throw it in the trash. That's your own (laughs) your own thing if you want to do that. Thank you for (laughs) listening, watching, subscribing, whatever. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time. All that stuff.
1: See ya.